it is enormous. It is one of the biggest humanitarian crises in the world. Over 10 million people in need of humanitarian assistance. And within the health sector, we're, we're targeting about 5.8 million people. The rates of death amongst children in some areas are four times above what we would call the humanitarian threshold. That's almost unheard of in the last 15 to 20 years in most humanitarian crises. We've had major outbreaks of polio. In fact, the global program to eradicate polio is being threatened by the crisis in northern Nigeria. We've also had a big outbreak of measles, which can be life-threatening amongst children who are malnourished. There's a huge problem with malnutrition and access to food in the north. And in some areas, about 20% of children are acutely malnourished, which can be a life-threatening condition. And we've also recently done a survey of over 700 health facilities and found that 60% of them are not functioning. So whatever way you cut it, we've got a huge crisis. And currently, the resources to address those needs are out of proportion to its scale. Can you say whether the situation is worse in northeastern Nigeria or in the Lake Chad region? In terms of numbers, about 80% of the people in need of assistance are in northern Nigeria. But you're right. The problem flows over the border into the other Lake Chad countries, Niger, Cameroon, and Chad. But the majority of the need is in northeastern Nigeria. Now, you took part in a discussion today at the Humanitarian Summit on sustainable health response in emergencies. How can you have a sustainable response in this situation? Now, it's a great question, and it's a thorny one. So the first priority is to save lives. And when you've got a health system that's not functioning, like I described, 60% of health facilities not working, health workers not being there, drugs not being available, we really do some very, very basic things. We run what are called mobile clinics, and we target the hard-to-reach, most vulnerable populations through these mobile clinics. We basically put medical teams into cars and try to reach as many communities as we can. But that's not a sustainable solution, and it's not a cost-efficient solution. One of the big problems is the security situation. I mean, there's a conflict going on up there. But as the conflict settles down, as the situation becomes more stable, we have to change our tack very, very quickly, shift from the mobile clinics to trying to reactivate those primary health care services. We'll be running mobile clinics for a long time, but we want to progressively reactivate those health services. And then as we do that, we hope that that will form the foundation for a longer-term health system recovery. That's going to be dependent on a complex range of other issues, funding, political support, and resources. Now, you're the WHO's Director for Emergency Operations. Just how many emergency operations are you now involved in? 47. (laughs) From Syria to Yemen to Somalia to South Sudan. We have a recent outbreak in Sao Tome-Principe in the Atlantic Ocean. We're responding to emergencies due to conflict, due to drought and malnutrition, due to infectious disease outbreaks, and recently natural disasters as well. How can you possibly not be stretched so thin at this stage? Well, the whole international humanitarian system has never been so overloaded and overstretched. And you're right, we are. We don't have quite the bandwidth that we need. Well, frankly, anywhere near the bandwidth we need to address that huge scale of need. Right now, there are 125 million people worldwide needing humanitarian assistance. There are 65 million people who have been forced from their homes because of conflict. And these are the highest numbers on record. At the same time, we estimate we need over $20 billion this year just to provide 
basic humanitarian aid, food, water, shelter, sanitation, health care. Can any of these problems be solved completely without political solutions? No, no, they cannot. All the ones that I've mentioned today, be it northern Nigeria, Syria, Yemen, South Sudan, Somalia, Congo, these are all political and developmental crises. There's no humanitarian answer to the underlying causes of those problems. We can save lives, but the answers ultimately are political, and they're also related to investing in people and integral human development. They're not ultimately humanitarian answers.